Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and... I am a huge fan of Top Chef, and the current season of Top Chef right now, as we're recording, is being, well, it was filmed in London. I guess it's currently going, but they had an episode early in the season where they did like this giant British pub crawl where they went to three or four different pubs, and they sampled just all kinds of the bar delicacies like fish and chips, toad in the hole, fisherman's pie. I mean, they ran the gamut, and it all just looked so delicious, and it made me crave this kind of food, and there aren't just aren't many places in Omaha to get it. Luckily, the two guys sitting next to me today are a wonderful place to go get, and I went and enjoyed some fish and chips. That was what inspired me to to come visit you guys um, on my most recent visit. That, of course, is Isaiah Renner and Scott Sales. They are the owners of the Dyer Lion Food Truck. Guys, welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, real quick before we get started, just because we have multiple voices on the pod today, I would mm. love for each of you to introduce yourselves. So listeners just oh, know. I'll go uh, first. Who's who. Yeah. I, go I, for it, Scott. This voice is the voice of Scott. So <laughs> this is me. <laughs> and this is the voice. Of, no, this is Isaiah Renner. Um, that's me. We both work on Dire Lion. Hi. Uh-huh. Okay. The the only other nuts and bolts thing I want to knock out um, immediately is obviously Dire Lion's a food truck. So it moves around. Uh, if you want to try and find these guys. Definitely follow them on Instagram and Facebook, uh, The Dire Lion. They do a very good job of updating weekly and usually daily about where they're going to be. They will most often be found parked at Trucks and Taps off 108th and Q, and we'll get a lot more into that later on. But I just, if somebody's listening to this and they're just like, I need some bangers and mash, this sounds so good. (laughs) We want to let people know where they can find The Dire Lion. So, I just want to start at a high level because there aren't a lot of places in Omaha to really get proper British food, the style of food that you guys make. To you, what are some of the defining characteristics of British pub food? Well, I think uh, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's keeping it simple. Um, I, I think that uh, British food in and of itself is simple. Um, we've taken it uh, kind of our own direction or kind of Americanized way, but we've tried to still stay true to um, those traditional recipes and using ingredients that they would have and maybe don't always get used to it. Um, I think it's just 
making the perfect blend of of all of the ingredients that you have and having it come together on that dish, um, uh, whether it be fish and chips, uh, you know, just having the right potatoes with the right seasoning on it and the right fish with the right batter, you know, um, that's that's what's really really defines it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, pretty much the same. I think how I've uh, lyrically stated it before is, yeah, the traditional British food with a little bit of American whimsy. Um, so, yeah, we try and keep it, you know, traditional. Like Isaiah said, you know, simple. Um, even down to, like, getting straight-up ground sausage, and we season that ourselves for the scotch eggs. So, I mean, it's a lot of that scratch cooking because you either have to import it, uh, and then you're going to pay for it, or you just replicate it here by hand. And I think that's probably a little truer cook cookier way to do it i guess <laughs> chef your way to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cookier makes you sound cookier. like you're making yeah. okay. uh, i tend to be humble <laughs> too so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little side hustle yeah right the more dire line uh dire line cake pops i i definitely want to talk about that kind of melding of uh cuisines that you guys talked about where it's not maybe the most traditional but it's kind of your spin on it i want to talk about that in a second mm. but I, first i want to get like I want to get into exactly how you got into this style of food in the first place, because we were talking off the mics like you guys have business in or or, excuse me, business experience in (laughs) operating. They're all our businesses, operating cafes, (laughs) working in bakeries, uh, fine dining, country. You guys have gone way different. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have like run the gamut of weird of different (laughs) cuisines and different experiences. What ultimately led you to. British pub food. Um, well, so demographics, uh, kind of. I mean, <laughs> in a way. Um, but uh, so, so I started it. Um, what are we? Seven years now. Uh, seven years ago. Twenty sixteen um, is when you. Opened. Yeah, uh, with a with a friend of mine, and I had I had come out of uh, working. I was an, an executive chef at Nosh Wine Lounge, and that's where I actually know Scott worked with me down there and numerous other places along chef. the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and from there, I kind of moved out of there. Uh, I had a cafe for a while. Um, it was kind of a breakfast and lunch sort of thing. Um, wasn't I, I always say it wasn't really my, my, uh, my bread and butter, um, you know, per se, uh, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but it just was something in the interim. Um, and so I was talking with uh, a friend of mine who we, we actually started it, um, together and, you know, I was like, I'm just, I'm not enjoying this. I want to do something different. Uh, food trucks really, you know, when we started, they weren't as big as they are now. Um, I feel like that's really blown up in the last six years, you guys um, kind of got in on the ground floor. Right, yeah. Omaha Food Truck Association was just starting then. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of new people coming out. So, um, But we were talking about, like, things that we liked, things that, that we enjoyed. And, and one of the things that we uh, landed on was British pubs, like, just like the feeling of a British pub, like that dark wood, you know, heavy bar sort of feeling and then that comforting food and then the, you know, English style beers and stuff. And that's like, that's kind of a long goal. Like I'd love to have a brick and mortar pub of, of our own someday, but, um, you know, things are expensive and, and, uh, starting a restaurant is crazy. And, well, the last um, three years, I don't think anybody could predict what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what went on, but then, you know, um, 
it, it was just easy to get into a food truck. And being that we're in Omaha, Nebraska, um, we we really weren't sure, you know, if that sort of a concept was going to work, you know. So I was like, well, if it's a food truck, we could make it something else. We could we could you know totally rebrand and and do something different. It would no no harm no foul. Um, so that's, you know, like even today, if you look at the truck, it's, it's just a red truck and we have a sign that hangs up there, but it's not like permanent to it. There's no, no wrap or stickers or painting on it at all. Um, and that's just kind of stayed like that forever. I, we always talk about doing it and then we never do. Um, and it doesn't really seem to <laughs> matter anyways. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was just kind of, a just, a. a, a we, we just really liked that, that feeling and that atmosphere and that style of food. Um, and, and for me, it was kind of, uh, you know, you hear about, uh, like we were talking with the, the receptionist out there about, uh, well, did, do you guys actually use any spices in your food? You know, the, the British, you know, they have all the, access to all these spices and never use them. We do. And, <laughs> and we, we try to put a little more of a twist on it. And I wanted to make that style of food um, a little more palatable. Um, and maybe it's not for everyone. I know We've that. Put cayenne in yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, I know we get some people, you know, who come by and they say, you know, that seasoning, that crazy seasoning you put on there, leave it off. We just want the salt and vinegar. And I'm like, I get that. So we do that as well. But, but yeah, I'd say that's, that's kind of that in a nutshell. I love how you talk <clears throat> about that feeling of like being in a pub and like it, it was almost that that drew you to this food over the cuisine itself and yeah and there's like i don't there's something about just like eating this food that just like it's it feels celebratory it's heavy and it's hearty and like i don't know it's probably possible but i don't feel like you can like eat fish and chips and be in like a bad mood like that's something you order when you're like out with your friends and you're having a good time we've seen it i'm I'm sure yeah i'm sure you guys have seen all sides early eating fish and chips (laughs) (laughs) i hate myself (laughs) it's so good so i know you guys have changed the menu a lot over the years and you still run specials now but as of right now, you've pared it down quite a bit, mm-hmm. and you have four staple menu items. That's fish and chips, yep. chicken and chips, scotch egg, and bangers and mash. What was it about those four menu items that made you say, we're going to be British food, we're going to show people what this means, these are the four dishes that we need to offer? Uh, the most recognizable, I think, as far as when people think uh, British pub food. Um, we've added, uh, uh, coronation chicken, I think just came back on too, just with, you know, obviously King Charles, it was kind of a no brainer of like, Oh, I wasn't paying attention to the British royalty <laughs> at the moment. So, and you know, and it's summer and it's getting hot. So I, you know, we made the decision to put that one back on. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much just with the sales data. Um, those items were the ones that actually outperformed pretty much anything else that we ever had on the menu from like back in the day, but we still have that repertoire that we can pull them back as specials like the lion kebab or, um, you know, Tika will probably come back yeah. once, uh, you know, it gets a little colder again. We debated that one too. We almost left that on. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. I mean, it was, and it's just kind of the crunch with, like I said, you know, with the last three years, just, you know, we survived the pandemic and now the economy. And that was kind of really the driver. I mean, there were some really hard choices that we didn't want to make, but it's either that or, you know, the lion goes back in its den for however long. So, yeah, the five core items, four core items, and 
yeah. still running. So and really, that's it. Like he said, it's what the people wanted. That's what was getting ordered the most. We had the other items on the menu. We had what probably ten items at one point. One point we had I don't know twenty items. When yeah, we first 20, started. 26 got, when we first started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a little enthusiastic, but um, you know we pared down over time, and we'll be able to bring that stuff back. Oh yeah, and, easy, and easy. we have all the recipes, but. Uh, but for now, we're just kind of playing the hits and uh, um, hoping that everyone kind of sticks with us. Mm-hmm. So, and labor. So, yeah. yeah, feel free to apply. Come on. <laughs> well, and, and it also makes sense on that truck. I mean, when when you're in a food truck, you have limited space. Limited right. space for prep, for cooking, mm-hmm. for just the storing of ingredients. So, yeah, you can potentially operate with 20 menu items, but I can't even imagine <laughs> how much of a headache logistically it would be to figure out how to make all that work in one space. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a perfect storm at times, like when we did the, the downtown Thursdays and stuff like that. So normally, yeah, it's pretty stable, fish and chips consistently and stuff. But yeah, when you have too much and then you start going grill and... Uh, fryer yeah. and you only yeah. got one guy in the register and one guy right. cooking yeah. everything. It's kind of like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that gets dusty yeah. in a hurry. And you never know when you're going to get hit, really. You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so. like, today was all, it was banger day again for yeah. 80 degree day. It was really kind of. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. Like, 80, yeah, 85 degrees and people just want mashed potatoes yeah, mashed and potatoes gravy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic mashed potatoes and onion gravy. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you, you just got to give the people what they want. Yeah. It pretty much. I, yeah. like, I like making those, though. So. Scrolling back through you guys' Instagram to research for this was kind of torturous because it, <laughs> it showed me how many different <laughs> dishes you have done. And there were so many that looked really good. And there were some that I was aware of, like full English breakfast. Everyone knows. I've still never had that and really want to have that. The Bacon Buddy, basically you guys take on a BLT, looked really good. Mm-hmm. And then there was something called the Grand Duke, which had egg, <laughs> bacon, and potatoes on an eggy bread bun with Lyle's Golden Syrup. I didn't really even know what I was looking at it, but I wanted to <laughs> shove my face into it. It looked so good. So, I mean, that's just another reason to follow you guys on on uh, social media because some of those things, you know, maybe not those specific dishes, but some of those things might make a reoccurrence or maybe you'll be inspired by oh, something yeah. different and come yeah, out with something yeah. new. So and I mean, you know, that's kind of why the, the pub is, is the long goal because when we, you know, do or if we do ever – get into something that's uh, uh, brick and mortar, that stuff will be a lot easier to execute, you know. Um, but uh, it was fun to prove the concept on them. And <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. what, that's a lot of the good things with the food truck is, um, yeah, we have a lot of guinea pigs uh, <laughs> to kind of experiment stuff on. And sometimes they fail and sometimes they don't. Um, like, uh, I probably won't be doing fish tacos again anytime soon. <laughs> that was, they, didn't go over they well. were good. No, no they, they were did. good. They did. But just yeah. Producing them on a truck quickly. Is, ah, we're a British yes. truck. We're not a taco truck. I discovered that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I mean, they were good. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's viable. Like the Grand Duke and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we've done some um, falafel, falafel shrimp. I think that's another special we've run. Yep. That was just kind of yep. an experiment that people ended up yeah. liking. And really ordering a lot of. So, yeah, yeah. That stuff's, uh, I don't think we've had too many disastrous failures, really. No, I don't know. Other, than, other than people just not buying stuff on, like, Oktoberfest yeah. and stuff. When we, <laughs> we kind of tiptoe into German cuisine a little bit. But 
Well, that was the great part about that is everybody was like, where's, where's, the, where's the fish and chips? I mean, sour and I'm no, sorry. We want the fish and chips. All right, next year, that's all you're getting. All right. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, where are the brats this year? Oh, you smart <laughs> so, people. So going back to the beginning, as you're building out the concept for the truck, how did you come to the decision that, yeah, we want to do pub food, but not the most traditional? Like, this, this is still... It's a good representation, but like you said, we're going to put a little bit of a twist on it. Yeah. Um, kind of looking at the recipes, um, like uh, an item that we uh, used to have on was the, the pickle and cheddar or pickle and cheese sandwich is what they would call it. Um, so it's traditionally it's Branson pickle chutney with uh, a cheddar cheese or whatever type of cheese they want. And it goes on to just plain white stone cold bread and that doesn't sound that great no it doesn't but we all just made faces but the the simple thing that fixes that is you butter the bread you grill it you do it like a grilled cheese and it's delicious um so i realized that like we can just take the traditional recipe and we can just tweak it a little bit you know just add just a few just a pinch of salt just a just uh some curry and mace or, or whatever we're doing and um, and that just elevates that that item to something that's delicious and enjoyable to eat, mm-hmm. or it just changes the facet a little bit. Because I, I know uh, we were even talking <clears throat> with uh, one of our uh, commissary mates too about uh, the tartar sauce or the rawr sauce that we have. It's not you know the traditional lemon and pickle. It's you know it's onion and rocket and uh, malt vinegar and mayo so you know kind of the same ingredients same colors just just different tweaked a little yeah, bit yeah just tweaked a little bit and that's more of like well if you're not going to get just malt vinegar i'll make you eat malt vinegar anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, i don't like that oh really <laughs> yeah, here try it in mayonnaise yeah oh it's great <laughs> so so how do you find that that line where you're you're putting your tweak on it and you you think okay we're, we're making this dish better or maybe not even better but a something that's going to sell better, something that suits America's palate better mm. versus still paying homage to the dish and representing it well. Like, how do you toe that line? I I mean, I don't think we'd, we'd hit it 100% of the time. I mean, at a certain point when you're writing a menu, you are writing it for you as well. I, I think it was personal to me. Like, I didn't, I wasn't going to make something traditional just for the sake of it being traditional i want i wanted to enjoy it myself if i don't enjoy it myself why am i doing it right mm-hmm. um and and like i said we do still have you know people will come up and they say you know the curry seasoning that you put on your chips can you leave that off you know and oh and really? we're and they're, we're fine with that oh but, man uh, they're missing out but it's uh yeah I love it. That you know, garlic curry a lot of people is delicious. Do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. <laughs> That's how you know you've been to Daryl Land. <clears throat> yeah. Because your fingers are <laughs> tawny color. <laughs> <laughs> are there any other, I mean, you guys have done a great job just in the last couple minutes, but are there any other examples that like pop to the front of your mind where it's just like, let's just twist this dish just a little bit and it just absolutely <clears throat> popped. It, maybe not, it was a big seller or whatever. Maybe it could be a big seller, but it was something that you were really proud of. Yeah, uh, I think the I think uh, one that was just a simple twist on it was the bangers and mash, and I know you've had that. Um, it's it, it, and you know a lot of times the dish too. I, you know, I was writing the menu, and you have to kind of think of it going out of a food truck too, because we're a food truck. So we had to kind of make that dish 
more portable. And so, well, put it onto a toasted hoagie, right? Because mashed potatoes always go on bread. Right. Yeah, you always put carbs Have your carbs carbs. with your carbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You need starch with your carbs. And, you know, a lot of times people will read that and they're like, mashed potatoes on bread. I'm like, it's my favorite thing on the menu. Hands down. Favorite hot beef thing. sandwich. Like who in and, Nebraska hasn't heard of a hot beef sandwich? Well, <laughs> yeah, that that's in, you know, Micah. So my, my brother works on the truck too with us sometimes. And he actually described it last week like that. I was like, I, in all these years, I had not yeah. even thought about that. He's like, it's like an open face hot beef sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to um, lie. The first time I had that, I was just like, why? Yeah. Why, why is this in bread? And even out. I have to cop to this. Even when I ordered it, I was like, I need to try bangers and mash, but I don't even know if I'm going to eat the bread. Like, I don't, I don't need another, you know. You can order a traditional. I don't need another yeah, no 180 bread, so. calories from the split roll or whatever, but I always, I always at least want to try the dish as it's presented to me to see what the chef, what the cook, whoever intended. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I think it's because the bread is like buttered and griddled, but like whatever it is, it adds that extra 5% where, I, I ate the whole thing because, yes, it's better with the bread. Now, yeah. I was in a coma for about four hours after that. Yes. I don't think I was productive <laughs> for like like three days. <laughs> if you but need to be put really, out, just come to the dire line. We yeah. got you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really did just add that that extra twist. Well, I, that's that's your good, you know, standard Rotella's Bakery. So, I mean, kudos to those guys. When you, and we get them fresh. So, you know, they're light and fluffy. And, yeah, it's like what you said, just buttered on that. On that grill, just to hopefully they're still, yeah, yeah, that'll be good. But that's that's gone through a couple permutations because when we originally did it, as you were talking, Isaiah, with the uh, portability and stuff, when we just it used to be the caramelized onions and then cream, right? And then that we would go right on the, the flat gravy, top. So uh, the gravy's bit, changed yeah. how it used to be. So mm-hmm. Now it's actually a little bit more traditional than how we had it before, yeah, because you know we just didn't have the time to hold it. But now that we don't have the tikka on the rice anymore, we have room for <laughs> we have room for gravy. So I was able to do that. But so. yeah, I, I, and I think that that's just it's one of those things where it's just like little details that that kind of make it so much better. You know, we the potatoes, um, you know, the mashed potatoes are pre-made, but they're not held warm. We actually take them and we griddle them on the flat top, so they get that you know kind of crust on the outside. The bangers are par-cooked, but then they're also uh, lightly fried before they go on, so they get a little bit of a crust on it, and then it goes on to that bun. And I think just all those layers is what's what brings it all together, you know. Smothered in gravy. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Was there any twists that you put on the fish and chips? Uh, only th- Well, the, the seasoning. The, the seasoning on the chips, I think, is the, really the only thing that we – uh, kind of messed with there. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people uh, with their fish and chips, the batter, um, they get a little crazy with it. Ours, it's no secret, just beer and flour. Two things, yeah. That's it. Um, but you can probably look in the window and find out what beer we make, but I'll let you do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing crazy, you know, and I and I think that's really – like I said, it's simplicity and, and just being kind of true to your ingredients and, and uh, uh, ultimately you're going to get a good product out of that. Is that what keeps that batter so light and fluffy? That uh, fresh, just, fresh just, beer. Just, yeah. just yeah. the beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Gotta Actually, keep carbonation yeah, there. earlier, yeah, earlier today we had uh, the first fishing ship that went out. We had some batter, and I'm like, it's, it's, it doesn't look right. And the difference is, it's like just fresh beer in there. You have to have that carbonation, you know. Um, so, yeah, but that's it. Tempera-esque, so, I mean, fusing <laughs> even more stuff, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's experience. I think we're turning Japanese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> German, Japanese, yeah. Brit. Running, yeah, running the whole you know, gamut of access no, and allies. Know, only the British could do it, right? So. <laughs> True. But, I, I mean, it, it is easy to go south on fish and chips pretty quickly. I've had some very bad versions mm-hmm. where... The outside is just cakey, or the inside, the fish is just, like, saturated in oil. And it's just like, man, what are we doing here? And and you guys avoid that. And I think that that's so important because this is – I mean, that's the dish that most people, if they – if British pub food is mentioned, that's the first thing that's going to come to their mind. So you have to absolutely nail that. Mm-hmm. And it's our number one seller, too. Yeah. So. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Do you still tinker with that dish or with that recipe at all, or is that one pretty much locked in? Yeah it's, nope. yeah, it's pretty Never. much there. Yep. Yeah, that, it, it's it's so simple that you can't really f with it too much. It's fish. Yeah. It's the beer. It's flour. Mm-hmm. Fry it. Yeah, it's just about getting that consistency right and mm-hmm. having the right fryer temp, and yeah, good to go. Have you guys gone to the United Kingdom and done like a? Epic so pub crawl or yeah. something? I have. No, not. <laughs> I should just, do that. We have, we have, we <laughs> I, know, I know when it's you were planned. younger, you spent time. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, it was in 90, no, 96. I was in Ireland. I got engaged over there. So, uh, yeah, nine years ago. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we didn't. We didn't go eat fish and chips or anything like that. We were just doing our uh, doing our own kind of thing. What was I did have something yeah, New traditional. York pizza. <laughs> I think I got bangers and mash when I was over there, which again is just kind of funny because it's it's technically irish but yeah um it was good i guess we were in london when oh, we yeah, was talking about that that uh bacon buddy from the cab stand oh yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah uh-huh. they have uh they have these little cab stands technically you can only go to them well you can only drive up to them if you're a cab driver but sometimes they'll have like windows open to the street so you can walk up and yeah uh just a bacon buddy so it was just like th- their shoulder bacon because ba- not rashers like we're used to but yeah it's just a hoagie so about like a six inch sub of just about a pound of bacon on it. <laughs> Wait, you, you lost me at cab stand. Yeah. That there are like little food stands where just taxis can go up to yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because taxis are like so busy that they just kind of drive. It's just like a little corner like drive through of just like mom and pop kind of traditional British food. Yeah. Like the scotch eggs, uh, scotch eggs, um, various breakfast sandwiches. Um, Cause they even looked at me weird. Uh, when I ordered because the sandwich that was going to come with, you know, eggs and, like, veggies and stuff like that. And I was, you know, st- stereotypical American. I was like, nah, just, just meat. Just give me all the meat. So, yeah, the, the subbed more meat for that stuff. <laughs> Whereas in America, it'd be like, oh, well, we'll just give you the regular service uh-huh. of meat. We're not going to add extra because you don't want the veggies. Great. No, Thanks, mate. We yeah. Go get <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, this huge, oh, but it was bacon. So, yeah, you can't. Not can you over bacon some? I mean, at some point you can. But Maybe, but I don't know. Man, if man, no one's going to call you on it. Mankind <laughs> hasn't found that point quite yet. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts, and that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. 
And that is one of the main reasons I love certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, check out certifiedpiedmontese.com and experience the certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Uh, Okay, so you mentioned scotch eggs. That's another dish that I wanted to hit on because there aren't many places in Omaha to have it. Like, yeah, no. y- yeah. Y- yours is one of the I only menus is. I've seen on yours is the only one that I've tried. It was excellent. So I would love, I mean, I'm sure that there are people listening and watching to this right now who are just like, what the heck's a scotch egg? What's a scotch egg? Breakfast in your hand. Yep. That's what it is. Hard boiled egg wrapped in sausage and breaded and fried. So yeah. Can't go wrong. Good healthy start to the day. Yeah, exactly. Just grab one of those. A glass of milk. There's no cholesterol, so it's, yeah. (laughs) Or kids are running late. You just kind of pitch one out as they're on the way to the bus. and. So, but okay, like how? Can you imagine bringing that to your teacher? I <laughs> a greasy A. Oh, oh, that kid's getting an A for sure. Where's uh, the curry mayo? What is all? <laughs> so, how did you perfect that recipe? Or I don't even know if perfect's the right word, but how did you find your recipe for that? Because that's it's very difficult to do to get that right creamy consistency of the yolk in the center <clears throat> of the egg, but. The sausage is all the way cooked through. It has a nice crisp on the outside. Mm. Like, there's a lot of different elements, a lot of different layers to that dish. And you can get two or three of them right, but if you screw <clears throat> one of them up, the whole thing's a failure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, so perfection, I think that's, uh, that's probably up for debate. Um, you know, so a lot of people, when they hear scotch egg, if they know anything about scotch eggs, they'll say, well, you know, traditionally, they serve that with a runny yolk in the middle. And they're right, you know, um, most, of, most of the time that's the way you'll get it. However, um, I think that it actually, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, that it comes out a little bit better. Um, we actually almost hard boil them, um, and then when we cook them, uh, just like we do with the bangers on the, on the bangers and mash, we give it a little light fry on the outside, and it kind of crisps up on the outside of it. We give it a little sprinkle of salt, um, so that's just the way that we do it. You know, it's just another little twist that we that we put on it. Um, it kind of makes it a little easier for us for production. Uh, I had mm. to kind of fight for a while to get scotch eggs on because it is not the easiest thing to prep. Um, takes up some time. And, uh, you know, so if we're, we're able to kind of do it that way, it makes it a little bit easier to wrap them with the sausage and then bread them and then, you know, um, get them fried and and we can kind of keep them on the menu consistently that way oh so. yeah they're they're yeah very good seller and it's a it's about the difference of two minutes um, yep so sometimes <clears throat> with the eggs because sometimes you'll see them and they're probably a little more uh oh what do i want to what i want to like say jammy jammy or, there yeah. you go mm-hmm. um that's if we get the eggs right right about eight nine minutes we pull them out and hit them in an ice bath but you know you're in a kitchen you're predicting 
producing stuff, so sometimes it's like, ah, it's 10 minutes. <laughs> we don't forget anything. Um, never, <laughs> yeah, never to the stage where you got it's that little perfect. green, you know, stuff. We try and at least get it a perfect hard boiled, so they'll survive that fry, mm-hmm. you know, once we slice them open. It's just more of a, like, you know, what we've been saying, it's, it's the difference of having a kitchen to produce in, because they're traditionally baked. So you have a lot more time. Really? I did that, not that, know that. And that heat's not going to really penetrate that right. egg as much. Yeah. Where we have a fryer, and, yeah, anyone wants to come on in July and turn that oven on and sit back there? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, with well, it off, and, it's one thirty. And, and I'll tell you, like, I, I've had a lot of scotch eggs that are like that where they're running in the middle. Um, and a lot of times what I've ran into is that sausage uh, right next to the egg. It just does not get done. Um, and I think because you're focusing so much on having that runny center in your egg yolk that you're just not cooking all the way through. And I, I don't know. I'm all right with some rare stuff, but raw pork yeah. is a little, mm. you know. Yeah, that, that's a little on the iffy side. Um, and, and I think it plays, you, you know, you talked about portability, too. I think that plays into the portability. Yeah. Like, if you're eating something off a food truck, you don't necessarily want runny yolk and <laughs> like yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that's gonna make too. things a lot more difficult so it's it's just easier to eat now the fourth menu item this is one and you guys can totally correct me if i'm wrong but in my research and just from what i know of british pub food chicken and chips is not something that is traditional like that's mm. not something oh. you're going to go over to the united kingdom and find so where did this idea come from and why were you like yep this has got to be on the menu uh, kids yeah it was ta- it was tactical, um, you know. Like today at lunch, we had what was it? Oh, jeez, like, four, four just and two. One family, you know, and it was yeah, four, you know, four chicken and chips just for all the kids, and then everybody else got fish and chips. And it's like sometimes you just have to make those those uh, um, edits on your menu and and just kind of. Yeah. Bite your pride it's a business or whatever. Decision, and, pretty much. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest. But it's lessons still great chicken. So yeah. you know, we weren't going to make it bad. Just put chicken oh, yeah, tenders sure. or whatever. Yeah. To so. be clear, this is not a throwaway <laughs> dish where it's just like, oh, we, we got to have chicken on there. Let's, yeah. Yeah. let's chicken just, tenders. Let's that just we butterfly. Some and, no. Yeah, yeah. This is this is it's a, still a very good chicken dish. I personally would not ever get it over bangers and mash or fish and chips. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> so some people love it. Kids yeah. love it, and that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally business decision. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's just the name of the game where, you know, art will get you so far, but it is about making money. Yeah, you kind of have <laughs> so, to know where you are, I guess. You know. Serve your clientele. So, yeah. I love how much of this conversation we've been able to to talk about, like, not just making food, but the business part of, you know, making decisions, whether that's paring the menu down, whether that's, hey, maybe we're tweaking some of the recipes, not only to our taste, but to the taste of the people that we're going to be serving Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, chicken, fried chicken is not something that's traditionally, you know, British food, but we know that it's going to be good for our business because there are going to be kids, there are going to be people who aren't familiar yeah. with this. Well, like, a, a, good, a good take on that, talking about traditional stuff, uh, mushy peas. I we would love to try mushy cannot, peas. We can't give them away. Nope. <laughs> you can give them away to me. Yeah. Well, just, but I understand why they're not yeah, the menu. Yeah. They don't sound good. Right. Right. The American palate just, well, maybe it's, it's, okay, I'm making a generalization. But you know, for the most part, like, uh, even when we did pop-ups, it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. Well, oh, they're so good. Yeah. But, so, oh, yeah, when, we did, when we did the pop-up, um, we, we said, okay, well, let's put it on there. Let's see if it works in it's kind of a, a restaurant setting. Um, 
and it just all ended up in the bin. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, still left the, the one plate. British person and, that came in. Yeah. they were the only one that got it. And they were like, "Oh, this <laughs> and, and is did so they great!" Like it? Yeah, and they're like, "Let's get some delis and send this home <laughs> with you." Anyway. Come back tomorrow, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five quarts of this. That's that's just all naming and marketing. <laughs> yeah, if it were called like creamed greens or something, people would be like. Sure, let's maybe. do it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. It could be. <laughs> maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. Just the, having the word "mushy" yeah. <laughs> in the title yeah. is yeah. I, that's like a <laughs> non-starter for a lot of people. I point. do want to try them at some point. We could so. make them like falafel, I guess, and just like fry them. That might work. There you, there <laughs> yeah. you go. There's an idea. Yeah, just transform <laughs> them a little bit. Mm. Okay, you guys. I want to go back to the beginning, and you guys <laughs> mentioned where you met, but I want to know how you met what was it that drew like that <laughs> drew you to each other not to make it sound like romantic or anything Over, but like well, th- overworked are- <laughs> okay. he approached me so <laughs> you want to you want to kick it off scott you can uh yeah i mean Ooh. i guess it was just more of a i had moved downtown um and yeah just looking uh, looking for a place to work and i happened to uh, move into the uh, condos there at 11th and uh, capital uh which of course nosh is just right on the ground floor so yeah that's kind of walked in and put it in actually my wife put in an application i think you met her first I wasn't it so yeah because i was working at good old hy um <laughs> yeah so. also a fellow hy alum so oh there we go you're part of the cult <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> that was night stock and kitchen um so yeah i mean god that's so long ago but i think it was just kind of like yeah tell them to come in pretty much hired um, and I think well, that, was, was. <laughs> that was the only thing I said is like, I could start like whenever. So it, it, it was new. Um, and I was working basically by myself running the kitchen mm-hmm. and it got really busy. And, uh, yeah, he had just happened to come in and I looked at his experience actually ahead of time. I'm like, well, this guy can, he can definitely work here. You know, I, I can use some, some help, call him back. He's hired, you know, let's get him in here. And it was like the He's next, right upstairs. But the next weekend I was like, look, I got to take a day off. He's like, I got this, I got this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, it was that was little... probably not the best decision. No, but, but Hey, you know. made it through. Yeah, you we got your it. day off. We're I mean, here. You had yeah. what, six, six weeks without. Whatever that was, well, it was just atrocious. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, guys, yeah. First time in a new kitchen where you don't know where the spatulas are. Bad idea. To <laughs> leave them on his own. Yeah. Bad idea. To run solo. <laughs> Did you guys hit it off immediately? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Would say so. Yeah. I mean, good working mm-hmm. relationship. I mean, there hasn't been anything um, like too crazy. I mean, there are no knife fights or. Or, uh, not, not in between us, he stabbed a few other well, people. Well, yeah, but, you know, Shh, they're buried oh, in MP Dodgeball. This is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I live here. <laughs> so, but between Complain. meeting and the opening of the Dire Lion, I mean, was that like a straight path for you guys, or no. did you diverge no. at all? Yeah, we diverged okay. a little yeah. bit because there was, um, let's see, there was Nosh, and mm-hmm. then things kind of went uh south with me, just with kind of like home equity and like all that stuff. So, I had to move out and then you went into the diner mm-hmm. and i think my schedule kind of switched over to well, I yeah think I, I did i married. did some stuff in between and then went. i well i was doing what was i doing i was doing the diner while i was still there then i left there mm-hmm. um and continued to do that and did some other stuff because like i said i just you know i didn't really enjoy that but i did it kind of yeah. in between and, and that was something, something that came to me yeah, through like my food rep or something yeah. like that and that was something i think you just <clears> had 
texted me for something because I was doing the Mr. Mom thing after I got married, and we had, had had went out for a beer, and I just mentioned that, yeah, I'm bored. Yeah, I need something to do, but I, I need like Mr. I, Mom hours because I, I got to pick the kid work, up. Because you at, did prep work at, mm, at, at the cafe, at the cafe yeah. and the diner, uh-huh. and then the dyer started, and it was like, well, I can do prep work for a dyer too, and then you guys can go out, and then it was just like, yeah, I kind of like dyer line food truck. It's kind of cool. I can't do the Mr. Mom because I'm turning into my mom and getting angry when yeah kids are touching <laughs> the screen doors after I clean them, and it's like, no, I got to go back to work. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't want to gloss over this fact real quick. Did you? Say that you were you owned a diner while you were still working at Nosh. Yeah, it was how. Uh, well, I mean, I had uh, I had a manager, um, and uh, my mother actually ran it with me for that period of time. But it just that didn't work. Yeah. I was gonna say that sounds unbelievably. <laughs> that intense. did not work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with like the, it, it used to be the Alorica building. It's on like mm-hmm. 72nd and yeah, it's Bradley gone Center. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They leveled it and they're putting up a new <laughs> building now. Uh, see you later. I hated that place. <laughs> <laughs> Good um, but, uh, you know, we were in the middle of the building and so we were almost kind of like a commissary to the, the employees that were in there, uh, people who knew about it, um, or if they like followed our Facebook or whatever could come in from the public, but we couldn't like really advertise outside of that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of the same thing every day. You know, you kind of knew what you were getting for breakfast, knew what you were getting for lunch and we were done by two o'clock. We'd open up at six and six to two, I think, and. Yeah. So then I started the Dire Lion in there <laughs> in the same in the same building. So, as you know, uh, you need a commissary kitchen for a food truck. Um, and uh, so I was kind of burning the candle at both ends there <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier that you had a little bit of hesitancy about the concept because you're just like, is Omaha going to like this? Oh, we're in the middle of the U.S. I mean, we're not near any oceans or anything. Right. You know? So what was it that gave you the confidence to, to get over that line and say, you um, know, I don't know that this is going to work, but I'm confident enough. I'm full of myself. I don't know. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Secure <laughs> in the knowledge that the Dundee Dell can't move. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're an idiot. You've been open for seven years now and still going strong. So I would say it was a pretty solid concept. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess what I mean is is uh, if you decide to do something, you have to go with it. You, you've got to stand behind it. Uh, and uh, I, I think that a lot of people would uh, look at the, the data there and go, well, that's probably not a great idea, you know. But I looked at it and went, well, I think I could probably make it work. I don't know. We'll see, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and we, like I said, we had that that sort of fallback of like, well, it's a food truck. We can always change if it doesn't work. You know, Mm -hmm. we could try it out for a couple months or a summer and see how it goes. But, uh, to, uh, my surprise, everybody, you know, is still, still sticking with us. We have a lot of people who are, they just come consistently, uh, stay. Well, it was, you make delicious food. Well, it's that. And I think, I think it was just like history. Cause I think what the old, old Dundee Dell, I think had closed, Sometime after I think Dyer well the old started. one I think the I think the one in the uh, new one just opened up the, the pandemic got there, yeah. rid of a mm-hmm. lot of 
competition too. Yeah. But we had already been worth thriving by that point anyway. But yeah. So you mentioned that aesthetic is a big part of this this cuisine. There's like that that feeling of of being in a pub. You you mentioned like the wood and everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with a food truck, you can't totally control the environment because you're constantly moving. You're in someone else's space a lot of the time. So how do you try, with the the space that you have and the things that you can control, how do you kind of try and recreate that pub environment? Uh, well, I mean, I actually, I don't think that we, we necessarily do. I think what we realized along the way is that the Dire Lion food truck is more of what they would call a chippy. Um, so it's it's more fast service, more, you know, you just kind of walk in, you walk down the street with your newspaper wrapped fish and chips and, uh, you know, be on with your business. But, uh, um, you know, we, we try to kind of incorporate that in. We do have the newspaper wraps and stuff that we put in all the trays. It's a nice and, touch. And, uh, you know, sometimes... Everybody curses my name when they're sitting there folding a thousand of them, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so tedious. Why are we doing this? Well, it's it's part of it, you know. <laughs> you better go in and make right, 24 you know? scotch eggs. <laughs> um, I'll pull some trees. And then we're just, like, just generally mean to our customers and stuff. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a little cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. That's uh-huh. That's the word. Cheeky makes it sound like... Yeah, so much better. It's like it's cute <laughs> and not mean. And Just, what do you want? <laughs> exactly. Not going full head to back, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys remember about your first service? First, first service. First time being open. So we were at uh, we were parked outside of uh, Olivers. Um, we actually kind of started there, and actually, I, I think if you look up. Uh, like on Yelp or something right now, it still has a levers as like our, our yeah, address does. or something on there. You can't change it. I don't know how. Really? But yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I I remember doing it and people showing up for it and then thinking that I, that I needed to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit with, 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 like the core items were good. The fish and chips, like I said, I don't think it really even changed. I, I don't think it from day one. I don't think it's changed, True. which is crazy. Um, but uh, but I it was just it was stressful. It was it was like I put too much stuff on. Why am I trying to do this? Where <laughs> where is all this stuff? It was a new truck. I didn't know where everything was. I did, it, nothing had a home yet. Um, so just. Uh, um, but also, uh, we got done with it, and it was it was like we did it, and people wanted to come out. They wanted to be there, um, and and ultimately, we did get good reviews. It was my own like personal like inward, you know, like oh, I could have done that better. I should have done this. We should have done that. But uh, but I, I think it was you know um, well well received the first time out of the gate. That's for sure. So. Scott, at what <clears throat> point did you join up? Oh, three years, years in, I yeah. think. So I'm I'm about uh, yeah halfway. Um, and I can't even remember my first service really. I'm not sure. I think uh, there they might have been like a little blend of you know you were still doing some prep and yeah, it could be yeah because yeah. I know I was doing mostly prep when you guys were going out. It's probably um, it's probably me like I triple booked us. I have no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That's just that's just something that just kind of blurs over time as well. Right. I mean, when you get old, service old salts like me, yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for 30, 
years. So uh, I can remember good ones and bad ones. I mean, there's definitely stories. So okay, G- give me a couple memorable, like whether it's good, whether it's bad, just a couple services that just stand out for one reason or another. Oh, uh, just well, the fun ones were always um, God the the Benson days. Like those the, are always the food truck just, rodeo yeah, when those are just crazy, yeah. crazy busy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy fun. I don't know what happened to that. Um, what happened? You know anything about that? Uh, I haven't. Huh. I haven't seen anything. They yeah. have like a Benson First Friday now, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a food no, truck event. Yeah, this is when they like had a, like the big food truck rodeo. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, those yeah. are always fun. We'll um, blame COVID. There was some, ruined everything. Yeah. It's probably yeah, COVID. It, that's probably that's <laughs> probably the reason actually. Um, but yeah, then just some um, nothing. I guess nothing really like too too horrendous. Oktoberfest I mean. every year. That's always a yeah. Blast. Those are fun. Yeah. That's just usually fun because we get goofy and we start you know. Where's your papers, please? You know, we start doing our German accents and <laughs> just the trailer starts bouncing because we're yeah. polkaing and towards the end of the year. You know, yeah, we yeah. get a little loopy. My, they might give us free beer, mm, well, maybe one or two, uh, three. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it usually revolves around bugs. I know there was a wedding that we catered and we ended up going up there and it's like the trailer slowly sinking because it was the ground was kind of wet and it oh, was <laughs> and yeah. then all these little midges and like natty mm-hmm. bugs and I remember that one oh. and it was way out and people BFE were just and, taking yeah. their. Uh-huh. Time ordering, and it's just like it's getting dark. We, we went go. up and down these like gravel hills, and so I was like, "What are we doing?" It's like, I just hope we're not parked in like but, horse. You know, like somebody, I was like, "Somebody wants us for their wedding. That's cool." You know, but I don't know. Hindsight, yeah. Now you know. Yeah, exactly. well, I, I think it's fascinating that you guys did a wedding because I mean, you scroll back through your Instagram, and you've been all over the place. You've been food truck rallies, food truck mm-hmm. wars. Mm-hmm. You've been at um, a bar, art bar in Hastings. Like mm-hmm. you did the the downtown food truck Fridays. Like like yeah. you mentioned, you've done what? I mean, you're all over the place. So this is kind of more just an overarching question. But as food truck owners, and it's a lot easier now with trucks and taps. We'll get into that. But how do you decide? This is where we're going to post up this week, or even this is where we're going to post up today. Mm. Uh, that's a good question. I think some of it, especially if you're just getting started, of it, some of it is just kind of uh, throwing stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah. I mean, really. And once you kind of lock into a good location or a good event, I think we were lucky that we kind of got some corporate lunches like at Kiwit and so on and so forth. Well, they'll, the company itself has, you know, they'll hire different trucks different yeah. days of the week. I think that's what it became over time. You know, like a lot of that stuff – uh, that we did, uh, it didn't mean it was, they were necessarily great events. Um, but yeah, very uh, the first couple of years, I thought it was important just to kind of kind of take everything and get out there and, and just bring the truck to different areas. I didn't want to just sit in one place and then, you know, just the people around there knew about it. I wanted everyone to know about it. So um, that's kind of what we did at first. Now we're a little more picky and choosy, and obviously we're at, trucks and taps and that helps us immensely because it is difficult to do all of that mm-hmm. traveling and all mm-hmm. of the it's hard on the trailer and the trailer let alone us yeah. but yeah it's hard on the trailer too yeah. <laughs> for those who aren't aware trucks and taps is a former sonic drive-in like i said off 108th and q <clears throat> and it is it's so stinking cool like i've never seen anything like this like the restaurant itself has been turned into a bar and then food trucks just like post up around the outside and mm-hmm. people can come sit in on the patio and you can go order from multiple food trucks. If you come with a bunch of friends, everybody can get exactly what they want. It's just such a cool area. 
what did and I should mention Isaiah is a co-owner of that too. You guys just hustle. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. But uh, what did moving into that space like open up for the Dire Lion? Well, just more consistency. I think um, it's it it's it makes it so much easier. A lot of those events, like probably some of the stories he can think of, is like. We traveled all the way to Hastings or wherever, and we get there and we go. Oh yeah, the Boy Scouts actually. We don't have a whisk. Mm-hmm. We don't have, <laughs> you know, the bowl to mix fries in. What are we gonna do? The fish batter just, fell out of the fridge. But yes, <laughs> getting there and and you've got cornmeal batter all over the floor. Eight quarts of it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, just so much can happen and so much can be forgotten. And uh, so that really, it makes it so much more convenient for us to just be like, hey, we forgot to put this on the truck. Oh, that's right. It's right there. (laughs) Go grab it, you know. Um, But also, I think it kind of gives us a base, uh, you know, just to to say, hey, this is where we're at. Um, And uh, it, it allows us to work on some more specials, although, you know, we're not doing so much of that right now, just for reasons we talked about before. But um it it really does open up a lot of opportunity and gives people a comfortable place to sit and mm-hmm. and uh, in, enjoy a drink, be outdoors still. Um, now that we have, yeah. now that that green space is open, yeah, which mm-hmm. is you know awesome. Mm-hmm. Bring your dogs, let your kids run around. I think I'm gonna try and rent that space out for our church this summer. We're gonna have a big bash out there, so I'm, oh, really, cool. Oh, cool. I'm really excited yeah. for that. I it'll. Just, I just talked to Kevin about it yesterday. So. Yeah, it, it'll fit bounce castles and all sorts of stuff in there. So, <laughs> all right, I love know. it. So the last time that I had you on Isaiah was a solely dedicated to trucks and taps episode, mm-hmm. and I, I was very curious <clears throat> because I was, you know, it, it kind of it made me think like when you're parked with other trucks. That, that that's just natural competition. Whereas hmm. if you're just parked somewhere on your own versus parked by three other trucks, my thinking was, well, that hurts your individual truck's business because now people have options. You guys kind of opened my eyes to it. And the more I thought about this, it was genius. Like, why do we have food truck rallies? Why do we have, you know, downtown food truck Friday? It's because a gathering of food trucks brings people in. If mm-hmm. you just see yeah. one on the side of the Choice. road... You might stop, but if it's you see event. four or five, yeah. it's like, whoa, something's going on here. Right. So trucks and taps is just like this. I, I don't know if I should say constant event, but the, it's it's much more visually appealing, and people are just more likely to be like, "There's four food trucks there. Why? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just such an interesting. It, it was kind of counterintuitive at first, but the more I thought about it, it's just like, wow, yeah, it's the rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and that's. That's absolutely true, and 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 um, we don't always have you know four trucks there, but when we do, uh, it is consistently busier. Like you you can you can always tell what kind of day you're going to have just based on the schedule of of trucks that are going to be there. Um, when all of us that that work out of there are open, we know it's just going to be bananas. It's just going to be crazy, and and get ready for it. And, um, I think that's great. That's what I love about it. Uh, I, I love being able to work next to the people and see what they're doing and have them see what we're doing and, and bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, gets a good creative make, vibe yeah. going on. Make Detroit style pizza with Scotch eggs on mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Was that good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it yeah. was. <laughs> I had the bangers. It's in really Ashland. rich. They, they did it it's without. Really me. rich. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that it sounds a little heavy, but mm. also delicious. Okay, th- this was a couple of years ago, but I have to know whose idea was it to put haggis on the menu. Uh, well, I, I, I don't think we were to do it. Right, it, it was not uh, ever on the menu. Uh, um, it was on a, it was on a menu for a event called uh, a Burns Night, uh, which they hosted at um, what was formerly the the Barley Street, um, and it was uh, my friend Danny Burns and his brother. Uh, put on this concert, um, and they said, hey, do you want to come and uh, make some food for it? It's all Scottish. You know, it's uh, named after the poet uh, uh, Robbie Burns. And um, and uh, so I was like, well, sure, I guess I've got to figure out some Scottish stuff. And um, they have a haggis there, and they there's a tradition where they – um, present it, and it gets really weird. He like stabs it and does all, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's kind um, of a Masonic <laughs> rite at some point. Uh, yeah. Really, you should it, uh, attend one at, at some point. It's kind of fun. Um, but uh, he was like, "Do you want to make the haggis for it?" I said, oh, "I never made haggis. I don't know, but I'm interested. So why not? Let's do it." Um, so we made one. F- for them to basically destroy, and then we made one for everyone else to try out because once in a lifetime, if I'm making it, let's let's try it, right? So, uh-huh. um, yeah. So for those who don't know, <clears throat> haggis is a pudding that is composed of sheep organs and beef suet, which is packed into a sheep's stomach and then boiled. So a little outside most Americans' palates, but how yes. was it? Was it good? Um it's it's a uh, acquired taste. Yeah, <laughs> it's acquired. Very very for grainy, sure. yeah. barley barley <laughs> flavored, and it's just so hard to get some of that stuff. I remember going yeah. to Stoysich and trying to source some of those. Yeah, and it was you can't get all of it. Uh, you cannot. It was, the FDA. It, it, it was not totally traditional, but uh, yeah, we no had, lung, darn. Yep, no <laughs> lungs. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can say that you've done it. You can check that one off mm-hmm. the list. Maybe you don't ever need to yeah. check it again. But we actually it did done. it. I think we did it two or three times for, for that event. Um, and then we made the, the, the haggis hot dog. Yeah. I was going to say, if we did it again, it would be the haggis. hot Yeah. Dog. Mm. So we did that for food truck wars, uh, which was in Plattsmouth, uh, one year. And I'm a little bitter. We didn't win for that. Cause I we felt like we were swinging there. for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we made a haggis you hot dog. You Come on. Haggis. You're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I could talk to you guys <clears throat> for hours. No, because, is it done already? Because you are fascinating. Mm-hmm. You're just fun dudes. You're just like, right down the road, Dan. So I'll just yeah, stop I'll, I'll just have to stop by, yeah, <laughs> and just crush bangers and mash. And there you go. Go to sleep. When I wake yeah. up, we can talk more. But <laughs> We're there are, set up cots in front of the. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple questions that I really want to ask you guys before we get out of here. Questions that I like to ask everybody. The first is this: What is one thing about Food trucks, the restaurant industry, food industry in general, however you want to take it, that you think most customers don't understand, but you wish they did understand. Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, um, it has to be the art part of it and kind of all that that entails. That would be like, would you go up to Monet and be like, hey, you know, can, can you can you not use so much blue? 
So I think that's where you, people come with those chefs, and it's like, this is my menu. I've gone to school. I've been doing this for decades. And then kind of like we kind of tongue-in-cheek with, like, the plain chips and the curry. It's like most of these things have either been uh, pseudo-scientifically put together for flavor <clears throat> profiles or it's just how they're going to look. And then someone comes and, like, modifies it and substitutes. That's just kind of like I wish people would uh, – what my grandma and mom used to say is, like, try it first. You know, don't you dare put salt and pepper on that until, you know, you've tried it first or do, you know, trust me. Like I've been doing this for so long. Just and if you don't like it, then that's fine. Come up and tell me and we can make plain chips or we can do something different, not the bun on the bangers or whatever. But, yeah, that's that's kind of my point. I wish people would kind of take on board. Eat, eat the bun with the bangers. <laughs> if, if, if you give it a shot. If you don't like it, if, then you don't got to eat it. If you take it, anything but. away from this episode, people, it's that. Yeah, it's the bun's good. Get the bun with the bangers. Isaiah, um, what do you got? Yeah, I you know, for me, uh, and, and I don't know if I kind of always look at things uh, from almost a business standpoint anymore just because we've been doing it so long, but especially for us, um, not only in, in like just the restaurant industry, but a lot of the restaurant industry is small businesses. It's, it's uh, people who are, you know, making those decisions, writing those menus and uh, putting – they're all in a lot of hard work into it. Um, and the last thing that we want to do ever is to disappoint someone. Uh, we don't want to disappoint someone. We don't want to overwork our staff. We don't want to underpay anyone. We don't want to do any of that. That, And I think that's a, a misconception that people have. They think that you, you run a small business and, and they watch a food truck with a hundred people in line or whatever while well, they're just banking, you know, they're, you know, look at them go. <laughs> yeah. Me and we're, my gr- we're grinding <laughs> and, and, um, and we're putting our all into it and we really do care that, uh, uh, people are getting the experience that they want, um, uh, every time we go out. So those are fantastic answers. Mm. And, but I want to get you guys out of here on a positive note, and Ooh. that is, what is your favorite part of being a part of the food industry? Is there such a thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess it's I guess the least bad part. <laughs> may, maybe not the food industry as a whole. Okay. Um, I mean, I know with the dire lion. I mean, I guess just kind of going into that chef owner operator space. I think that's been um, liberating. I mean, it's got its own pressure. It's it's definitely um, you're more driven. Uh, to do stuff, but uh, it's you and it's the business that's doing it. And I think kind of my little mantra that I was saying and kind of why I got out of the corporate scene and country clubs and like all that stuff is because I just got so tired of people telling me how to do the right thing the wrong way. Yeah. And it's like, I have all this experience. I know this is going to go. And then someone's like, no, that's not how you do this. That's not how you do that. And it's like, well, give it a shot. Like, let's, let's see. And we've been able to do that. It was, I mean, these are crazy ideas. And I was like, oh, well, what do you know? We're making money. And so if I could have done this for, you know, three or four other owner operators down the line, but no, they didn't want to follow the rules, follow the rules. So yeah, that's just kind of, I don't know. That's what I like about it. It's just because it's me there, not yeah. a name, not a corporation or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I think for me, it's just, um, uh, that people are allowing uh, us to have a chance uh, with doing something like British pub food in the Midwest, you know, and, and uh, it, it can become successful. And, um, you know, so you can kind of throw wild things out there and they can, they can work. Um, and there's, there's going to be 
someone for everything, I guess, you know, in a way. Um, and that's a, that's almost love and hate for me in a way. It's, it's, uh, sometimes I look at some things people are doing, I'm like, why? But it's for someone, you know, <laughs> someone loves that. And, uh, and I think that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of people that love the Dire Lion, and that's why you guys have been open for seven years. I mean, that's some serious yeah, that's awesome. staying power <laughs> for a restaurant, for a food truck, for any kind of, I was going to say food business, but just business in general. Seven yeah, years true. is impressive and, and still going strong, but there's a reason for it. And and listeners, watchers, um, whoever you are, like if you want to experience British pub food, this is this is the place to do it. The fish and chips, fantastic. Bangers and mash, fantastic. Producers are invited, too. You don't just have to sit in the booth. <laughs> Producers as well, yes. <laughs> I, I, two I, thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is it, – it's just a great spot. And I would definitely encourage people, like, yes, you can get this food to go, but come to Trucks and Taps, get it on the patio, and just sit there and enjoy yeah, it. Enjoy when it's it. fresh yeah. out of the fryer, that's when it's going to be the absolute best, especially as we get into summer here and – you got a nice shaded patio with, mm-hmm. with fans and stuff out there. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, bands and events and all yeah. sorts of stuff. So Music bingo, trivia, yeah, all kinds of fun yeah. stuff happening out there. So Isaiah and Scott, thank you so much for yeah, joining me on the show. I, I really appreciate your time and you walking me through a cuisine that we've never explored on the podcast before. Oh, this awesome. is fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.